Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with guests, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Jennifer Furlong, founder and CEO of Communication 24-7. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Great, great, Jennifer. And thank you for your time, for taking out time for our show. So, Jennifer, uh, I've got a simple thing to ask you. You are the founder and CEO of Communication 24-7. You are the host of Communication 24-7 podcast. You are the author of mini handbook for jackasses, communication and relationships. You are also a TEDx speaker. Have been a communication professor, a Marine Corps veteran, first generation college graduate, a PhD candidate, a cancer survivor who believes, who, which means you don't believe in God. So tell me one thing who is testing who? Is it life testing you or you testing life? Where do you get this confidence from? What a fantastic question. I love that take. Uh, I think it's a bit of both. Uh, you know, things happen. Life is hard. Uh, we cannot predict the things that will happen to us. Um, but we also, at the same token, when we have it easy... Um, if we want to learn and grow, we need to be willing to test ourselves. So I think it's a two-part answer to that question. Um, we got to be ready for when the hard times hit. Um, but we also need to understand that our trajectory in life, regardless of what's thrown at us, if we want to be better tomorrow than we are today, we're going to have to be willing to test ourselves. And sometimes that means not taking the easy path. Sometimes that means taking the path that may be a little more difficult, but will be all the better for it at the end. Right, right. And I ask you, where do you get this confidence, this will to fight to achieve all that? <laughs> That is actually a uh, work in progress. I think one of the most difficult challenges for any young person um, is to learn that you do not need external validation in order to go for the things that you truly want to go for. You know, for example, when I decided that I was going to join the Marine Corps, one of the reasons I decided to go into the military is because at the time, uh, with my family background, college was not going to happen for me. We did not have any money, um, and I was naive. I did not know about things like uh, financial aid. And so I began thinking about my next steps. You know, I was getting close to graduating high school, and I knew I wanted to do something different. And because college just was not in the cards for me, I wanted to figure out what are some steps that I can take that will take me in a different direction? Um, and there were not a lot of people who supported that decision for me to join the military. And so I had to really 
take some time to think about why I was making the decision I was making and what I was hoping to get out of it. And I believed so fervently that that decision was the one thing that was going to help me make such a huge change in my life. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, I appreciated the feedback, but I decided this is really something that I needed to do. And so I think that's the first step in developing that sense of self-confidence is, is really understanding why are you making the decisions that you're making? What are you hoping to get out of them? And then at the end of the day, you don't need external validation to give you permission to do the things that you want to do. Right, right. So talking of confidence, we are talking today of developing confidence through mm -hmm. competent communication. Yes. And so we know you are the most competent to talk about that. And we'll be, <laughs> and we'll be, we'll be learning about that from, from you, from Jennifer Furlong, founder and CEO of Communication 24-7, host of the Communication 24-7 podcast, and author of many handbook for jackasses, communication and relationships. So tell me, Jennifer, you know, what are your biggest concerns today regarding our society and issues connected to communication? My biggest concern with society today is, you know, we're so divided and it seems that we feel incorrectly the louder we scream, the harsher we talk to someone else, you know, that somehow that makes us correct. And, you know, the human animal anyway is a terrible listener to begin with. I mean, the older we get, you would think that our listening skills would get better, but no, they actually, the, the research does show that our listening, our ability to listen actually does get worse over time. So it's, it's a skill like any other skill. We have to work at it to get good at it. And my fear uh, for our society today is that we are so consumed with our own concerns and our own opinions and our own ideals. And we are so convinced that our truth is the only truth that we are unwilling to be open to different ideas, different perspectives. And and even if you get to the point where, okay, I'm going to listen to this other person express their viewpoints about whatever the topic is, um, we approach it almost like a sporting event anymore. You know, when you just look at how we, uh, the politics here, you know, in the United States, it's almost like pick your team and regardless of what happens, you need to make sure that your team wins. Um, and that's not necessarily a good approach to how we're going to communicate about the topics that we need to communicate about. So um, at the end of the day, I, I really fear for our democracy um, because it is so intertwined and dependent on our ability to have logical, cogent conversations so that we can come to an understanding and then from that understanding be able to talk about the issues and, and come to an agreement on how we can approach all of these different challenges that we face today. So it's, it is a huge, huge undertaking. Um, but I'm hoping that I can have at least one 
tiny positive uh, impact, you know, on on how individuals communicate today so that they can understand that in turn, they can have a positive impact on the world around them. Right, right. A journey of thousand miles begins with a single step. So let's talk about individuals and organizations from where we can actually begin to be better communicators. So how can somebody start? What is it that somebody can start practicing today to become better communicators? Was it, what is it for individuals? How can they begin somewhere? I think the number one thing to do starting right now is understanding that the message you send may not necessarily be the message that is received. All, all too often we think communication is, well, I'm going to say whatever I want to say, right? Yes. And you're just going to listen to it. <laughs> and there are so many things that can happen within that process right there. So understanding that the message you send may not necessarily be the message that is received. So you have to be willing to approach your audience be audience focused, be audience centered. And that doesn't matter if it's just one person you're talking to, or if it's a thousand people you're talking to try to understand how the message that you're sending may come across to your audience. Um, and that gives you the ability to adapt your message. You know, for example, if, if I want to, uh, talk about, um, social security, you know, here in America, if I want to talk about the challenges that are going on with our social security system, I might need to explain that topic a different way to a group of 20 year olds versus a group of 60 year olds. I'm going to have to be able to adapt that message so that they can understand why, number one, do they even want to listen to this? Why is this important? What does it have to do with them? What, are, what is the problem or the challenge, you know, that I want them to understand? And then what are some of the things that, you know, could be important for them to know about that topic so that, you know, it will help them down the road? So that's the number one thing. Think about your communication in terms of adapting to your audience and being open to adapting your listening. Um, that's the key right there. It's not about just you talking. It is about you being mindful of your audience and then in turn uh, being mindful of that feedback and listening and being able to adjust as you need to. Right. And in terms of organizations, now, why you think should organizations focus on communication skills as part of their professional development program? Um, we always like to say communication is key to anything and everything, right? And um, it's not just about your personal lives. And of course, we know that communication is something that's very important in order to have a happy and healthy, you know, uh, personal relationship but it also extends to your professional lives. And from an organizational standpoint, um, if you have challenges within your organization that are directly connected to communication, it could have an enormously negative impact on your organization. And we're talking in terms of lost revenue. Um, we're, we're talking in terms of um, 
loss reputation. Um, you know, it has a negative, it can have a negative impact on the processes that exist within your organization, um, the level of trust between your leadership and the employees within the organization. So if you don't make a concerted effort to make sure that your employees and your managers and the leadership team um, understand how to communicate in the most effective way, that could have um, incredibly uh, an incredibly negative impact on the overall organization. So that's why I recommend that you make communication skills training a part of your overall professional development program. Because at the end of the day, we can teach all the skills that we want as far as technical skills, but if the people in the organization, and people are your most important asset of any organization, they're the ones who make the thing work, right? Um, you got to make sure that the people within the organization um, have not just the technical skills, but those other skills so that they can ensure that their professional relationships uh, within the organization and outside of the organization, um, those skills can have a positive impact um, because it, it'll you know, extend to your customer base everywhere. Um, so it's so incredibly important. Right, right. And what about communication in, you know, personal relationships at your home, in your surroundings? And, you know, where, where personal relationships are concerned, you talk something else on social media, your friends think these are your personal views, and then they start either support it or they don't support. How and what should be your the way of communicating in a way that you are able to speak what you want to, but at the same time, you are not treading on somebody else's shoes or path or, you know, something which is jeopardizing your personal relationships. No, that's a really good question. And I think that's something that every single one of us, that's a challenge <laughs> for all of us, because I know that there are things out there, especially when we're talking about social media, I have very strong opinions about, and there are some things that I would love to be able to just write out, <laughs> but then I have to stop. So, oh, that's probably not a good idea. So how do you go about balancing what it is that you feel very strongly about versus um, your your own personal brand, you know, and, and I know we're we're not talking about in a professional sense, but right. it does have an impact, you know, your your personal brand as well as your professional brand, you know, online as well as in your your personal relationships. Um, it all comes down to intentionality. Whenever we're communicating, it's very important that we understand. Um, what is the goal for this message that I'm sending out? What is my intention behind this message? And so it could be that if you truly feel strongly about this particular topic and you have an opinion that you think um, is shared by others and you think it's an opinion that maybe has not been um, shared widely and it's important that others have a different perspective, then I would say, don't be afraid to share your opinion. But like I said, at the beginning of this interview, be mindful that the message you said may not be the message received. So you want to be careful about the language that you choose to use, 
how you phrase things. You know, if you want people to listen to you, you want to be able to send your message in a way that they are going to be willing to continue listening to you. And and that's a a big challenge. Um, So you really, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what is my intention behind this? Um, And understand that not everybody's going to agree with you. And that's okay. Everybody does not have to agree with you. That's the whole point of engaging in dialogue is so that we can have these conversations and come to an understanding at the end of the day. Um, But how we go about that is incredibly important and why you know, we're saying what we're saying is incredibly important. So think about the intentionality of it. Right. And how do we protect children? Uh, suppose in a relationship, and it's a very happy family, and they are not fighting over anything else, but two people are talking on, uh, they have two different views. Either they are talking over the dinner table or online. Mm-hmm. Children are a part of your social life, say, if they are 8 to 10 years or uh, somewhere around that and they you uh, they are all connected with you when you are sharing your views either online or at home what are the cues children taking from them are they developing their own opinion about things or is it that they are uh, you know just becoming conformist listen to listening to the opinions that you are having and it may not be that you are always right or the children may have, want to have their own assessment of things how does one calibrate these things properly in their lives in terms of communication? What would you tell? I am so glad you asked this question. Um, one of my personal pet peeves, one of the things that I really don't like seeing is when I go out for dinner and you'll see a family sit down at a table and they'll have their children with them. And then immediately, what do they do? They sit an iPad in front of their children so that they are quiet um, and they're not bothering them while they're having their conversation. But one of the things that I would caution parents who do that is I want them to think about what is the message that they are sending to their children. Um, You know, they want them to disengage from the world around them. That's what they're teaching them to do. Disengaging from the world around them, disengage from the conversation that's happening at that moment in time. So really think about the negative impacts down the road uh, that type of message can send to your children. So, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm saying, yeah, have the children be engaged in your conversation. Well, the research does show when you sit down and have dinner as a family, you know, at the table and you engage in conversations with your children, they perform better in school. Um, they have happier and healthier relationships in the long run. You know, they're able, what they're doing is they're learning how to communicate about difficult topics. And then down the road, let's say, you know, a conflict does happen, they won't shy away from that conflict. They'll lean in and they'll understand that, oh, conflict is a perfectly normal part of life. Hello, we're all human beings. We're all going to have different opinions, different values, different belief systems. But let's have a conversation about this because I'm curious. I want to know more. And I hope that you'll want to know more about, you know, what I think about this topic as well. All of that starts at a young age. So I would say invite your children to listen to the conversations 
ask them what they think about some of these, you know, important topics. Of course, you want to keep things that are age appropriate. And it is true. There are some topics that some children may not be ready to think about those topics. Um, but, you know, it start with the small things, you know, at the end of the day at the dinner table, ask your child, how was your day? What happened today? Oh, you got into a fight at school. So tell me about that, you know, and, and um, how did that make you feel? And what do you think about the solution? What do you think the solution should be? So keep it close to home. Keep it to, you know, keep it relegated to things that they have a direct connection to, things that they can have an opinion about, and teach them, model for them what a healthy conversation sounds like, what it looks like. And if they feel that you are actually interested in what they have to say and what they think about these things, they are going to grow up as uh, the type of adults who are not afraid to have difficult conversations. Um, and that's, that's really, at the end of the day, such a great thing for everyone. You know, how many of us are afraid to have difficult conversations? Um, and a lot of times that has to do with how we were brought up. You know, in many households, children are to be seen and not heard. And that teaches you into adulthood to shy away, to back away from difficult conversations. And that's not a healthy way um, to approach, uh, you know, topics as an adult when we have to be able to communicate and uh, come up with different solutions to all of these very difficult problems that we have. Right, right, Jennifer. Now, coming to the book that you have written, Mini Handbook for Jackasses, Communication and Relationship. Tell us about that. What is it all about and who is it for? And who is it for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mini handbook for jackasses. Well, you could tell I was in a certain frame of mind when I wrote this book. Uh, you know, though, and it has to do with my feelings of the world today and just how society is going. Um, I was witnessing people who were not you know, you would go to, I saw people sitting in audiences who would not be respectful enough um, of the speaker to give them the platform to say what it is that they needed to say, you know. Um, so that's why I wrote the section on First Amendment. I am an ardent supporter of the First Amendment, you know, our right to free speech. And just because you don't agree or like what somebody has to say, that doesn't mean that we can just completely take away their ability to say things. You know, um, if, if we want to have the ability to share our thoughts on very difficult topics, we need to be willing to share that platform, you know, with others, even those that we disagree with. So I was witnessing a lot of that happening, especially here in the States with um, controversial speakers, you know, uh, being kicked off of college campuses, not being allowed a platform, you know, to talk, you know, and even today, you know, it's spreading into social media. If someone says something we don't like, oh, let's just go ahead and, and see if we can't get them kicked off of the platform. Um, I think that's a very dangerous road, you know, to go down. We have to think about where's, where's that line going to be drawn? You know, if we're willing to allow that to happen to someone else, at one point, we have to think about when is it going to happen, you know, to us. Um, and also just in our personal 
relationships through social media. You know, I was getting frustrated at, uh, it just seems that everyone's idea of communicating, like I said earlier, is just shouting or talking at or talking over others. Um, and we have become a society that it, it feels like we are so superficial anymore. Everything's on the surface. We tend to judge people on 10 second sound bites or, you know, one or two sentences that we're able to get out on Twitter. And then we feel like, okay, we're just going to make a judgment call that entire person, everything that they have lived through, everything that they've, they have done and accomplished and said in their whole life, we're going to minimize it to this, you know, 140 characters or whatever. And, um, I think if you want to be, if you want to develop, uh, healthy relationships, if you want to be happy, if that's one of your goals, you know, to be happy in this life, um, then you have to be willing to take a step back um, and be mindful of, of that self-serving bias, you know, oh, I'm just going to uh, think in terms of myself and legitimize everything that I do, but then discount everything that everyone else does. Um, we really need to take a step back and think about our responsibility, you know, uh, what are we doing to add to all of the noise and all of the consternation and all of the division that exists in the world today? So really, the mini handbook for jackasses is a call for all of us. All of us are jackasses to kind of take a step back and really think about, yeah, I need to take responsibility for some of this. You know, I'm, I'm responsible not only for the good things that happen, but I can be responsible for some of the bad things that are happening around me as well. I need to be mindful of that and take responsibility. So at the end of the day, that's really what that book is all about. Right, right. So somebody who doesn't like the jackass part, maybe the smart ass, so they can wear <laughs> yeah, That's right. That's right. Whatever you want to, yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to call it, whatever, yes. whatever makes whatever it more palatable. Works, whatever that's works yeah. for each one of them. <laughs> Uh, including us, uh, where can they lay their hands on this book? Uh, they can go to my website, www.communication247.com, and it's all spelled out. There are no numbers in there. Um, and I also have a new book that's coming out at the end of this month, by the way. Um, and uh, it's called Cracking the Rich Code, and it's in partnership with Jim Britt um, and Kevin Harrington of uh, Shark Tank. Um, fame. And uh, it's all about self-empowerment, building your self-confidence. And, you know, I'm a co-author in that. Of course, I, I focus on what are some things that you can do to become more empowered so that you can set yourself up to become uh, a more competent and confident communicator. So those are the two books right there. Both of them you can get from my website. Wonderful. Wonderful, uh, Jennifer. Now about your podcast, do tell uh, the people about your podcast if they can, would want to listen to that and how do they get there? 
Sure. Um, the Communication 24-7 podcast is available on all of the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. And um, the premise behind it is we communicate about how we communicate. So like this, I bring on experts, people who have uh, different experiences in different areas of communication, and we have a conversation about what are some tools, what are some tricks of the trade, what are some things that we can do and practice so that we can continue working on this skill of communication. I recognize that not everybody has the uh, privilege of working in an organization that will pay to have someone like myself come in and give you know, communication skills training. So that's why I decided to start the podcast. I wanted it to be accessible to anyone who is interested in learning about communication as a skill. And, you know, if they want to work on those skills, I wanted to just be able to provide something that would be of use to them in their journey. Right. Right, Jennifer. Now, uh, coming down to the media analyst part, you are also a media analyst and, you know, uh, we all consume media in the way we want, uh, whether we don't want or we don't agree with that or we disagree with that. And so how can we improve our own media literacy? And, you know, a lot of times we don't like uh, others' views on the media. Sometimes they are totally uh, away the way we, we have never been, uh, you know, seen it. But still we go to the same platform again and again. So mm -hmm. why? Why do we still listen to others if we don't disagree? To them? So can you talk or tell us about improving our media liter literacy and how we can, you know, uh, avoid things that we don't like at all? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, and one of the things about reading the news or if you're listening to the news or watching the news on television or, you know, if you listen to podcasts um, that talk about the news, um, understand that every single thing that we read or listen to or watch, there is going to be some bias in that. We are humans. And so even the humans who are in charge of these news organizations, um, the humans that are writing the articles that we're reading, um, as much as they try to be as objective as possible, it is possible that there will be a little bit of bias. So what I try to recommend is don't focus so much on whether you think it's bias, focus more on whether or not you can determine how reliable it is. You know, begin when you're reading the news, try to discern, is this something that is actual news? Is it is it solely focusing on this is what happened, this is where it happened, and this is who it happened to, right? That's basic news information. That's different from, okay, now here's somebody who is talking about that news item, but they're going to give, they're going to start talking about maybe why this happened or how they believe we reached this point. You know, that is now lowering the reliability just a tad because now we're moving into analysis and analysis is fine. You can have well-informed analysis, but it's still 
not as reliable as pure news. And then you get into the opinion aspect of it. You know, we watch a lot of, and, and television is really good for this. You get a lot of talking heads, you know, on television and everybody is giving their viewpoint and everybody is giving, you know, their opinion on things. And it's, you can have an opinion, but just recognize that that's their opinion. So what I recommend is as you're reading, first discern what is what is opinion versus what is news? And if you disagree with something, that's fine. Do the research. If you think that's what someone says in the, in the uh, news article is incorrect, then do your research. Try to find whether, in, are they incorrect? And how do you know that they're incorrect? That's how you build um, your own level of media literacy. That's how we become more savvy consumers of communication. Be willing to listen to different viewpoints, but understand there's a difference between opinion and analysis and actual information. And then be willing to do that research so that you can either confirm what you thought beforehand or be willing to learn, ah, okay, I still don't agree with them overall, but that actually was a pretty good point they made. Okay, noted. <laughs> you know, that's an important aspect of reading and, and taking in the news. Right, right. My last question to you, Jennifer, is that we are living in a very different world. Everybody, whether it's a brand or a concept or a political system or a political thought, political party, or even, even a cults or whatever it is, Everybody wants to propagate their ideas, their thoughts. They want to establish themselves either as political parties or pressure groups or whatever it is. The issue, the, everything is filed in that point in time. But then with the amount of tools and mechanisms that are available today, everybody tries to use them to not only sell their ideas or product, but indirectly we in not intentionally or intentionally they are trying to make conformists out of a lot of people mm -hmm. and anybody who is going beyond that thought process becomes a part of a hate culture or mm -hmm. a cancel culture that mm -hmm. is developing in almost so many spheres of our lives mm -hmm. you almost either you are a part of groupthink or you are outside of the of any any sort of a process or even among children and one particular style of work, uh, you know bullying happens and all that stuff overall i'm just putting those things uh, you know together so that you can address it how do you tell people children individuals you know and people who have their own thought process about their individuality about the way they want to take their life forward about whether they want to believe that, you know, uh, the earth is still flat. You know, that's their life, yeah. that's their thought process. They're not harming the world. The world is still moving around, no problem. How do they continue to, you know, live and maintain their individuality and not become a part of this cancel culture? How they can live their life the way they want to be peacefully? What do yeah. you have to say? 
Yeah, that's a fantastic question. We definitely have some very large issues um, that we tend to focus on and we tend to focus from a bird's eye view, right? How can we make sure that what are the things that we can do uh, to have a positive impact on the world? And that's a huge thing that's, you know, and likely uh, speaking for myself, you know, I'm probably uh, am not going to be able to have as big of an impact as I would like to have right on the world, but I can have a huge impact on, on the, the small world that I live in, you know, the, the people that I interact with and I see every day. So one thing that we can do is remember, we can't control how anyone else behaves. We cannot control the things that they say, the things that they do, the things that they believe, but we can control the things that we say, the things that we do, the things that we believe in, and how we respond to those around us. So if you want to truly have a positive impact and you want to be able to model to others, you want to be a role model to others, how to be um, a self-empowered, confident, and competent communicator, you have to think about what am I in control of? at this moment in time. Um, I can know my audience. I can know the situation that we're in right now. I can know what the message is, you know, that I, I want to send out. Um, I know my values and how to express my values. Um, I know when to stop, you know, uh, in communication. So I know when it's time to give space when it's time to pause, when it's time to listen so that someone else can express their viewpoint. So at the end of the day, that's the most important thing that we can do as individuals is focus on the things that we can control and think about our own communication, our own responsibility to all of the different situations that we find ourselves in and how is it that we can be a role model for others. Um, and, and that right there you may not think it'll have a huge impact in the moment, but that ripple effect can have a profound impact. And you may not see it right away, but trust me when I say it will have people thinking about that moment, you know, later on um, down the road. And so you will have a positive impact, whether you see it in the moment or not. Right, right. An individual matters. Yes. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Just like I said, know, you know, try to know your audience, know the situation, know the message, um, know how to adapt, you know, and then also know when to give space. And those are all things that I have control over, you know, in, in as I walk through life, um, if I can keep focus on that, um, that will give uh, anyone that you're having communication with, anyone that you're um, engaged in a conversation with, that will open up that situation for a healthy um, dialogue. Now, whether it's an argument or not, you know, it can still be a healthy dialogue. So don't shy away from that. Just focus on what you can you can control in that moment. With the hopes that we continue to have happy, healthy dialogues and have always the room, you know, to agree to disagree. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. That's right. It's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass. 
thank you so much, Jennifer, for taking our time for this show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it.